there are a lot of truly phenomenal women in the Libertarian Party who are amazing behind-the-scenes workers. Right. They don't want to be in front of the camera. They don't want to be the candidate, usually. Usually, they're the ones who are like, I'm going to do everything and work my butt off to make you shine. And they do. That's great. But we don't see them because they're not front and center. Yes. So yeah. there's that aspect to it. But then the other thing is that typically on the, you know, in terms of indoctrination, we talked about this a little bit earlier when we're saying, you know, public education and the indoctrination in this philosophy and mindset. A lot of that teaches women that as a person who is relationship based and also supposed to be empathetic and nurturing and mothering, mm-hmm. that the party of identification that's appropriate for those qualities and traits would be a progressive or liberal or Democrat. Right. So women typically go toward that because like, that's what you're supposed to do if you're a lady. But that's not true. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. Bringing blue collar to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off. With Johnny Rocket. It's Blessed Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my ray of truth herself, Miss Rayleigh Lighthart. Hey. Hi, guys. Hello, Johnny. How you doing? Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm actually doing pretty well, and I'm like literally hanging in there. I'm, I'm good. I'm wearing my boxers doing the show, and you obviously are <laughs> in the other room right now. Hold on. Okay, hold on. I'm, hold on. I'm, I'm putting looking. my sweatpants on. Hold on. <laughs> okay, so for real, I am looking at this list of things yes. that we're not supposed to say now. Yes, that is true. You got to tell everybody. Okay, well, really, it's the story started like this. You got some emails and some messages on Facebook and saying like, Really like the show, Blast Off. You and Johnny, what you guys are doing, it's really fun. But the swearing is just getting to my, you know, kids. They start saying the F word after I heard the show and families are being destroyed because of our swearing. (laughs) That's such a hyperbole, but yes. (laughs) Yes, they're being like, families are being torn apart because of my foul mouth and your occasional foul mouth, right? So I, I figured I'd meet them in the middle and we'd like maybe not stop doing what we're doing because you know what? We have some crud. Okay, there we go. I got beeped. I know I did. So what we're going to do is we're going to start censoring the show. Raylene, I love yeah. censoring myself because yeah. I'm going to censor myself. Voluntary interactions. That's this right. Is beautiful. So this is what's... This accountability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is then we're going to offer the explicit show for our Patreons. And then the clean version will just be for your soccer moms. So we don't destroy any more families or homes. And so I think that's the best way to approach it. So like we got this list here and I'm just going to go through some of these words. I think they're funny because this is a... Uh, actually from Britain, and I figured we would go with them because they're more restrictive than the United States, and they're, you know, and what they deem is proper, right? They're Brits. So, yeah. okay, so I'm figuring I'd go with the first one here, and it's ass, or they, on the list it says arse, but it would be translated to ass. What do you think? I, I don't know. I think we should keep ass. I think so, too. It says it's a milder word, so I think we should stick with ass. That's fine, because I think, like, you're a horse's ass. What about damn? Damn, fine. We're good with damn. I think is that would be bleeped out. So bleeped out. Oh, uh, uh, probably. I think it's on the list of seven words you're not allowed to say. Yeah, you can't say. Can't say. Uh, Damn it, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh. Uh. 
Uh, I'm not gonna. And there's, <laughs> oh, this I'll, is I'll, terrible. And and then like the strongest one would be. We can't say what that one. Which you never say. Oh, the. I've never said that word. Yeah. Well, I have. Just no, no one has heard me. I, you know, it's kind of like. No, you're a gentleman. No, you, I would never say that. You're far more of a gentleman than people know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would not you say, never that. say that. So we've established, but words we can say would be God. We could say God damn. I think that's cool. Fanny. Fanny. We could say Jesus Christ. Rarely. I think we could use that. Turd burglar. Turd burglar is fine. Yep. Cow crap. Uh, what, is, what? There was another one. Okay. I think you said balls deep. And I think, I don't know, balls. like balls deep is like I an wanted, expression. No, I wouldn't say it's is, necessarily a swear word. This is what we talk about on the, this is what we talk about on the phone before our show. Yes. So, yes. Okay. Well, now that we've got the list all ready to go, everyone knows what we're not going to say. Yes. So, I think. So the words that we will not censor will be ass, bloody, cow, crap, damn, ginger, goddamn, <laughs> Jesus Christ, minger, and sod off. There we go. <laughs> That's the words that we will, we can still use. We still have a little bit of freedom left on the show. Uh, but again, we will offer a fam. This is the family free version. If you're listening to the free show, if you're part of the Patreon, you will hear the explicit version if you choose to. So I think that would be funny, but some of these words are hilarious. So please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash blast off podcast. Okay. So almost right. forgot where the hell I was. You know what? We have a great guest. I'm excited about this one. Not only is this person really cool, but they're really nice and they have a little bit of an edge to them. Actually, it's a female, our first female on Blast Off. Are you ready? Well, besides you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So are you ready for this guest? Do you want me to bring the guest up? I am so ready. I cannot wait to get to know her better. Okay, here we go. Kimberly Ruff is a Libertarian Party activist from Arizona State. She established the Niagara County Libertarian Party in 2015 following a previously proposed Western New York chapter. Kim was part of the Media and the Communications Committee of Libertarian Party of New York, Assistant Secretary of the Libertarian Party of Arizona, and she was the temporary chair of the Niagara County Libertarian Party, the secretary and also a representative. Kimberly was the vice chair of the Libertarian Radical Caucus, Arizona State Coordinator, Platform Committee Member, Endorsements Committee Chair, and Co-Founder of the Hate Hate Group Group. Uh, Kim, Kim is currently on the National Bylaws Committee and is running for President of the United States. Raylene, are you ready for liftoff? Copy that, Johnny. Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables. Removed as required. Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green. Check. Cold beer. Double check. Thrusters are hot. Raylene, are you ready to rock? All systems go, Johnny. Let's blast off with Do we miss anything? Did I like miss anything in your? Uh, I, oh, I forgot. Oh, hold on, I messed up. Uh, I think okay. you are running as a state mine inspector. So, are you like looking for mines out in like <laughs> in the battlefield, or what? What's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not as exciting as doing oh, okay. IED. <laughs> okay, I thought maybe you. No, like- it's no, uh, it's not. I'm not part of an explosives team. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> No, uh, on that note, Arizona is actually the only state in America that's got a state mine inspector department. And a lot of the purpose of it is to educate people on safety to prevent the federal agency, the MSHA, Mining Safety Hazard Association, from coming in and 
taxing and fining the mines to such a degree that they shut down commerce. So there's that part. And then the other part is they're responsible for finding and filling the 10,000 abandoned mine holes across our state. Nice. So the libertarian position on that is watch your step. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. That gives new yeah. meaning to don't tread on me, right? Right. Yeah. Just watch where you're going, guys. So like, yeah. So you basically want the children to die in the mines, right? Because that's what libertarians believe. Children should die and work in mines, right? Right. That is the way God wants it. <laughs> Okay. If that is how it's meant to be, that is how it will be. That's right. Watch your step, kid. <laughs> All right. You have to be this tall to ride on this ride. All right, Kim. Uh, so I guess the obvious question, why do you want to run for president? I mean, like what kind of inspired you to go that route? Uh, what are you going to try to offer? And what, if you do win, what would you hope to accomplish? So I'm kind of, this is like a three-way question. I love it. Not in like a, not in a sexual way. Either. Oh, I don't love it as much. <laughs> I, got, I love her. I got a little confused there. I was like, "Oh, this is going to a great place." Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so uh, the reason why I'm running, um, I, you guys were at the 2016 national convention when Daryl Perry was running for president, right? I, I yes, I was. I was not. Okay, but I've seen it. Okay, Daryl was running for president, and he was the most principled radical candidate that we had on the docket, and um, he asked me to give his nominating speech among Star Child and Karen Ann Harlos. And in my very long speech, which I did not edit because I did not time myself beforehand, one of the things that I pointed out is that in the 50-odd years that we've been running candidates since our inception, we have failed to ever yield anything significant in our search for the brass ring. We always think that if we just tweaked ourselves a little bit or we're a little bit softer on our rhetoric or we had a much more presentable politician, we would get the votes and capture this ever elusive brass ring. And we don't. Last, uh, the last election cycle, we picked Gary Johnson, who seemed utterly exhausted from 2012, and Bill Weld because he got on stage and cried that we had to. Yeah. And they only yielded 4% of the vote, and they ended up sort of selling us out on a lot of the party lines. Yep. So it was a very disappointing experience, and I hope that this next election cycle, we have learned our lesson and learned it well, though based on some of the candidates that are coming forth, I'm starting to doubt that. I would like us to take advantage of the whatever bit of exposure we get and whatever bit of media coverage we can get running such a high-level position, candidate, to use it as an opportunity to speak loudly and boldly and unapologetically the very essence of our philosophy and why it is distinctly different from the two main parties. I'm with you. It's an, it's an educational mm -hmm. thing. It and is. And then use that education to encourage people to participate locally and look at the candidates that are running in their area and contribute in a meaningful way. So I have no illusions about getting up in the White House despite making multiple jokes about having sex in the Oval Office. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, oh, my God. We want pictures. <laughs> we want pictures. We do. We want a photo Kim. op with cigars, the whole thing. Yes. The cigars. Oh, yes. See, we're not yes. swearing and either. We're not. Dresses. We're, we're being <laughs> We're being pretty crude, but without saying any swear words. All right, soccer mom. Oh, I want to circle back to that real quickly. So you guys said that the whole, you went through your whole list of curse words. Yes. That you're not permitted to say. So folks that do Patreon get to hear the whole list. Yes. But folks that hear the regular podcast, are they just going to hear like two minutes of boo? 
Yes. <laughs> well, you run through the whole. That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's the point. That was like the joke. Like we just wanted to like honestly piss people off. Like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then they're just going to first three or four minutes of the show. They're going to nothing but bleep. And uh, right. we want you to think what those words are. You can insert words. See, it's like it's like the imagination can really pull some really cool tricks because you know what we're going to say. And so I think. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. So, yeah. And, and that's the thing. You know, we're just want, we want to be soccer mom friendly as much as we can. <laughs> And hopefully I, the jokes go above their heads or the kids' heads. Anyway. I totally love the fact that that stream, that two-minute-long beep out, is going to end with sawed off. <laughs> like you can say sawed off, you just can't say anything preceding that. That's open to interpretation. Yes, <laughs> soccer yes. moms. Yes, soccer that's moms. right. We just want to make we want to like you know obviously we want to make this a PG thirteen. Uh, we don't want to be an NC-17 show anymore. And I think it's in yeah. our best interest because, you know, I get the point. I mean, we could still be edgy, but, you know, maybe, you know, if you really like the show and you like the edge, it's just a swear word. It's just a flipping word. See, I didn't swear, editor. He's going to love me for that one. It's just a, a, a word, in my opinion. But but words are so very offensive nowadays, don't oh, you know? I know. Everything's offensive. Oh, goodness. It's, yeah. I'm offended by this whole conversation. <gasps> I know. Right me too, actually. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> write a blog my, <laughs> my jimmies are rustled guys I'm going on Twitter <laughs> too bad you're going to be banned hey, we can't because we're bad uh, we're the next ones right oh man that's right so I have a question for you sure if Ruff Phillips wins in 2020 what are going to be the first things you abolish because I know you're going to abolish things girl I know it oh goodness Oh, yeah. We're abolishing so many things. Um, it's going to be like the shortest presidency ever. <laughs> I'll be like, guys, guys, don't unpack my stuff. I'm only going to be here a minute. Um, hot. <laughs> oh, that is that is that is fucking awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to really do anything here. We're just going to start abolishing things. Oh, yeah. I think I think for me personally, the, the first thing that I would really want to go after are the 16 loosely confederated intelligence agencies mm. that work for, I think it's under three different, it's like Secretary of State's uh, Treasury Department, and then the Department of Defense. They have 16 different intelligence agencies that work for each of them in various different ways and don't communicate and just aggregate data and have their own creepy dossiers on American citizens. Oh, yeah. And I would just like to get rid of all of that. So I think that would be the first thing for me. Well, you were speaking that your presidency would be short. Like, don't unpack my bags. That was the best answer ever. <laughs> uh, in your opinion, though, like, what are the actual limits of the presidential executive power? And, like, can you clarify in your own words what you think it should be? Well, a way that our, the way that our Constitution was crafted, and I know that anarchists all over, myself included, are like, boo! constitution right but um i'm like articles yeah, of confederation okay sorry <laughs> right yeah because most of us are like declaration of independence right on the money constitution we could have lost yeah. our way that's right yeah. that's right <laughs> yeah they're like we'll talk about slavery and then a generation over guys we'll yeah. defer that to 1808 it's cool yep yep so um yeah the way that our but the way our constitution is crafted is that it gives only a small portion of power to the federal government is supposed to be split between the legislative body, judicial and, and federal branches or the executive branches. And they're supposed to function as checks and balances so that one never 
takes over the other two. Legislative proposes legislation, votes on it. Judiciary determines its constitutionality. Right. Executive branch has the power of veto. So it should theoretically be limited. But in the recent, like in the past 30 years, and particularly under George W. Bush, under the auspices of making us safe from terrorism, we have consolidated an enormous amount of power in the federal government at the you know expense of states' rights or local rights and at the expense of other branches of government. So technically, were I to get into office, I would have a stupid amount of power to basically go in and play whack-a-mole with the <laughs> alphabet soup agencies. But That's right. it shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, we really should have very limited. You're essentially, ideally, according to the Constitution, you're just a functional figurehead. You aren't supposed to be the be-all to end-all. Right. I'm writing down that word auspices. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. I've never. Okay. Uh, anyway, so what I was got real quick uh, follow up and then Raylene, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. But I think it's, you know, like with the executive orders, I mean, the, I think the original intent of those was like, it just affected the executive branch. It didn't mean create laws mm-hmm. and they have totally right. overstepped their, their bounds. Correct. 100% throughout the, it's scope crawl. Yeah. It's scope crawl. It's like, well, you know, we can make a law here and then when I leave, it can go away with the next guy who comes in. I, I still think it's and that would be beep, <laughs> you know, the executive powers. So I, that's what I'm saying. I, I just think it's 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 slowly but surely in any kind of like legal form or document or any kind of constitution, even if you lay out what a person can do or cannot do, it will eventually corrode or erode away and we will end up with absolute tyranny, which we are in a soft tyranny right now, I would say, and it's getting worse. Absolutely. There's actually a, a lawyer based out of Buffalo who's a participant in the LPNY named Jim Ostrowski, and he calls it totalitarianism. And I love that term because that's really just how all governments go is that even or any organization for that matter can be perverted because it might start out under, you know, a well-intentioned plan to protect people. And then little by little, piece by piece, it just rolls into this juggernaut that ends up destroying all of our natural rights. Wow. I'm with you. Uh, what what parts of the libertarian platform are your favorite and what specific topics are you really passionate about in the, in the liberty movement itself? Um, my favorite part of the platform. Well, I guess I better do a little hat tip to Karen Ann Harlow's and say the statement of principles. Mm. I mean, I just love that fiery unapologetic mm-hmm. rhetoric. I, <clears throat> and I don't understand why we constantly have this conversation where we want to get rid of Me it either. Because it is just such a nice landing stick. Like we should get a nine from all the judges, including the Russian one, for sticking that landing because we we nailed it. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I can see. Yeah, yeah I can see you both going high five. We did it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just great. Like it's. I mean, the reality is is that we all have pretty short attention spans. So if you can knock it out of the park in a in a couple of very succinct, unapologetic paragraphs. Then, and, and say a nipidant state. Yeah. Like how do you how does it get better than that? Yeah. It's 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 hot and principled and, and beastly, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And then everything that follows after that is just a distillation or an explanation of how those concepts factor into various different aspects of policy. So that's it should be an introduction that should always be present in our platform. Right on. Well, I have another question then. Your slogan is is it Positive and principled. Is that what it was called? <laughs> we have so many slogans. I think we have. Oh, do you? I yeah, we have like one. bottoms up. That's my favorite. <laughs> bottoms up. That, right. That was my favorite, too, because it works on like three levels. Like it does. You can say go- good government starts from the bottom up. 
Yep. You know, alcohol bottoms up. Yep, I got also it. So something about twerking because we're dancing. I have no idea what's <laughs> happening. All I know is I got to limber up. Like this is going to, well, <laughs> if we're going to win. <laughs> I I literally was like, okay, when I heard that principles were being even spoken of in your slogan. I, I loved hearing that. And then you said the statement of principles is your favorite thing. I agree. I'm, I try to bring all my messaging back down to the SOP. So um, how are you going to make that a focus of your campaign? How are you going to do that? Well, I think that probably the most fundamental thing that we need to agree on, and this actually kind of dovetails into a question one of your listeners wanted to ask me too, is that we we really need to start from the bottom in the sense that mm-hmm. libertarianism, or actually regardless of political ideology, we are all endowed with the natural rights to life, liberty, and justly acquired property. Property being defined as your body and the fruits of your labor, right? So we all agree on that baseline. And then we agree you have your right to exercise those rights however you see fit, so long as you do not violate the rights of other people. If you do violate, then they have the right to self-defense. That is fundamental. And yet we seem to redefine what certain words mean. So in the case of the question of socialism in the party, I think there's a redefinition of what qualifies as property. And that is something that we need to revisit and come back to a, a solid agreement on. There's also beyond our ideology and other political ideologies, there's a renegotiation of what freedom means. Like is freedom the absence of restraint as we see it? Or is freedom the equality of opportunity? What does equality mean? We're so split on definitions that we've splintered off into all these different concepts. And even though we're using the same words, none of us agree on their meaning. And I think that's really what kind of puts us at odds at things. So we'll start with the basic concepts and then we'll say, okay, this is the algorithm from which we filter everything, which is the non-aggression principle. And if this does, if this is force or fraud, it is wrong. We reject it. End of story. If there's no force and there's no fraud, it's voluntary human interaction. We applaud it. And that's kind of how we're going to view every single policy or concept or idea. That's right. Beautiful. I love it. And rent is not theft. And I, I tell you what, property rights are property rights. If you own it, and, you know, what you were saying about freedom, I think it's it, it really boils down to negative rights and not positive rights. That's what freedom is. Nobody really owes you anything, but you have the right to do stuff as long as you're not hurting other anyone else. Right. Exactly. You guys, do you think this is a public school problem? Oh, a- absolutely. Like the lack of understanding of what words are? Absolutely. Yeah. This is, get you know, we can get Arvin back on and he'll like talk us about the school system for another <laughs> two hours. But I mean... <laughs> I mean, but like, seriously, it is a school issue. I think it's brainwashing. I mean, I didn't, I thought, you know, you had rights. Like, I have rights. I have a right to an attorney. No, you don't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have a right to a attorney. Somebody has to pay for that lawyer and it's getting paid through by theft. And it's, um, damn it. My editor's going to kill me on this show. Um, but like, seriously. Keeping him on his toes. Yeah, I'm going to keep him on his toes. It's very 1984 with Newspeak sometimes. And I, I wonder, and when you're saying all these things, Kim, I just want to say I applaud what you're talking about, what definitions mean, what rights are, what freedom is. And anyway, good job. Yeah, it does feel very Bill Clinton because I'm like, it depends what is, is, you know, like <laughs> what do words mean anymore? And we do this even in the party. There's so much gaslighting. Like, I'm all, what color is the sky, guys? Like, can we agree on something fundamental here? There should be basic understanding of things. And then you can build on the abstraction. But, man, we've really just gotten completely turned around. I don't even know my A from a hole in the ground. You like that? I beeped myself. There you go. You beeped yourself. Yes. yes. Yeah, there you That's go. That's right. I Personal responsibility, baby. That's right. 
<laughs> See, I have, I, I have poor judgment. Uh, I have so, poor self-control, apparently. Uh, in the past, though, you've been a libertarian activist for a while. And, yeah. you know, have, how have you responded to, evaluated, and even learned from your own mistakes and others in your team? Like, what have you learned from the mistakes you've Oh, goodness. I guess it depends on what aspect of my activism you want to look at. I've done I'll look at all your things. activism, baby. <laughs> in the <laughs> aggregate. Um, Sorry, that was so inappropriate. No, not really. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm way worse than you, buddy. <laughs> oh, good. I'm, I'm a teddy bear. He always says that to me, too. I'll I'll make these very off-color jokes, and he's like, I, I feel like he always is like, oh, I can't say this around you because I respect you so much, and I'm, always, I'm just a gutter punk. There you we know? go. Right. Same thing. I appreciate the fact that you respect my ladyhood. Yes. But I am not a lady. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Perfect for the White House. That's, oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> Class it up. Define, <laughs> define sexual relations. All right. Go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Do you want me to define sexual relations? No, no, relations? no. I was kidding. No, oh, okay. Go back to the, like, wow, the real question. I think we have a plank. I think we have a plank on that. Just kidding. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay so your question about what lessons I've learned from activism. That's right. I would say that... There are some really just incredible, hardworking, camera-shy boots on the ground that we have in the party, and we're very blessed. And um, there have been some, it's just been an absolute joy, particularly when I was working in the Libertarian Party of New York, not to knock the AZLP, but our state party isn't as active as Libertarian Party of New York is. And I think it's because we have, even though we have challenges on ballot access here, we don't have as draconian of laws as New York faces, particularly with respect to gun rights. So the folks there are way more active and it was just an absolute pleasure working with them. That being said, as we've all experienced in our activism, probably the most frustrating thing is aside from the people within the movement who say they care and want to help out, but they really just want to be armchair quarterbacks. It's very frustrating talking to people when you're canvassing or you're working an event or a booth or something. And you say, you want to talk about come on over and talk about the gospel according to Murray Rothbard or whatever. And and they're just like, I don't do politics. And you're like, what are you talking about? You don't do politics. Like you don't have a choice to opt out because if you could opt out, I'd be in a cabin in the woods right now. Hmm. But um, they just say like, no, it's not for me. I'm not interested. And I hate the fact that politics is, and P.J. O'Rourke says that it's incredibly boring and that's how politicians get away with what they do is nobody wants to watch, you know, the city council meetings. That's right. Stay abreast of yeah, these things. Boring. You'd listen to it She's boring. Band. No one wants to watch a bunch of old <laughs> sit around and talk about all day. That I want to drink. I kind of like it. I don't. I kind of enjoy it. I don't. I'm not going to lie. I like, I can get sucked in. I, I'm not interested until I am. Same with city council. They, they're very boring. And then they sneak in some kind of about what kind of curtains you have to have. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do, uh, for about 10 years after I finished, um, I went to Scottsdale Community College and did the film program because I wanted to be a film critic. And, uh, because I had all that background in like audio mixing and editing and things, I got a gig moonlighting at the city of Tempe. Yes, boo. I worked for the government, um, recording city council meetings. And just watching them discuss stuff, there got to be a point where they had that two-minute open forum, like every every citizen could speak to whomever for about two minutes, state their piece. You actually get to a point where you're like, I hate, I hate you. <laughs> like, yeah. I hate you. Like, just wrap it up. Like, they're all, Mr. Mayor, you sold me a bill of goods. And I'm just like, oh my God, go away, lady. 
which is horrible because that should be her opportunity to speak to the very people she elected to represent her and say, this is not okay. Right. But I think it's just the way it's structured is it's intensely boring. People don't want to have these conversations or think about it. They're just like, that's what my parents were. This is my identity. This is what, how I do. I don't want to think about these things. I'm totally overloaded picking a color of paint for my living room. So that's, that's so frustrating, especially Johnny, you and I talked about this the other night. You said when you have normal conversations with people, you can always find the commonality. You can. You can always find the thing that they understand. And yeah, of course, it makes an intuitive sense. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, you're you're here. So come over this one more step. And they're like, no, I'm going to vote Republican. Yeah. (laughs) Or whatever. But then, but then then you go, well, morally, you know, taxation is theft and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so when you were referencing that city council meeting, Raylene, you said like curtains. I was just going to say, there's a word on that list that said, yeah. and I thought we well, had to say it. <laughs> I just have to say it one last time. I got to say, because it sounds cool. And if you get the explicit <laughs> show, you That's get to hear the word that I'm saying, or our, our Patreon. All right. Anyway, so this is Blast <laughs> Off with Johnny Rocket and Raylene Lightheart. Uh, anyway, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. So stick around. We'll be right back. Rock and roll. It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com.
blast off with Johnny Rocket and Raylene Lightheart. And anyways, though, we're talking to the one and only presidential candidate, Kimberly Rob. You mean I'm the one and only presidential candidate or I'm no. the one and only Kim Ruff? You're the one and only Kim Ruff, of course. Oh, I mean, okay. there can never be another Kim Ruff. Oh, I was like, is that an endorsement? <laughs> <laughs> it's going on the page. We'll, we'll talk about it. We can talk about it later. <laughs> Offline. Offline. Oh, I like it. Anyways, oh. though, what we do here on the right. second segment, Kim, is... It's called Rocket Fire. What we do on Rocket Fire is we ask you a series of 10 questions. These questions will be politically related. And if you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Kimberly Ruff, are you ready to play Rocket Fire? Uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't done cocaine, but let's do it. All right, let's go. Legalize it. Question one. Do you think most Americans view the government as us versus them? Mm, yes. I think that the most Americans do kind of view it as us versus them. They seem to not understand that government is actually all of us, that it's taking from us and being used against us. So they do sort of have this against government thing. Most people are against government until they need it or they're for government until they don't. Right on. Great answer. Question two. If we, the American people, don't eventually elect a libertarian candidate, what do you think could possibly happen? I think the best thing we can do is usher in a socio-cultural political sea change where we force the hand of the two major political parties to shift more toward libertarian ideals because they can't compete anymore on the platforms that they use. Bam. Great answer. Question three. Besides yourself, what candidate would you like to see win and get the party nomination? Of who's currently running or just in general? Just of who is currently announced. Oh, goodness. Um, I really, I love Arvin Vora. I do. <laughs> I know Aww. he got so much heat, but God, I love him. We like him, too. Yeah, I think he's a really, really good radical candidate. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's a pretty cool guy. Question four. How could prostitution be a great economic advantage to the individual if it were legalized, and why is the state involved? Oh, my gosh. Can I phone a friend and get Sarah Daggers on here? <laughs> <laughs> Um, she might be coming on later in the in the next few episodes. I'm not sure yet. Oh, you should. She's a doll. She's absolutely adorable. I think it would be a great economic advantage because it is the direct exchange of your goods or services, these being your body, uh, for financial gain. So if it were legalized, shoot, I'd be a prostitute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Just I'd the gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody would pay me to just lay there, but I would try. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't want to really work. I mean, fuck. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Question five. Is there a point where open borders and too much immigration could be destructive? I think the situation with the immigration issue is it's a twofold concept. The first one is about the incredibly difficult situation of getting people naturalized. It's incredibly expensive. It's time consuming. It we were backlogged. There's a quota. The other aspect of it is, is the incentivization of it. There are, because we have a system that pays out to citizens, there is an incentive more so perhaps right. than uh, what would be normally. If we basically dealt with how much we put out in terms of government benefits and overhauled our immigration system to allow for open borders, I think that it would achieve ultimately a nice equilibrium. I don't think there would be so many foreigners. Um, I think that it would be, a, you know, reasonable. Right. People would come here because they want to be here or go there because they want to be there. I'm with you. Right on. Question six. Do you think there is ever a time to go to war? 
Oh, gosh. I know. Oh, this, is, God. This, is, this is a tough one. It is, it is a tough one. A couple softballs in the beginning just to warm me up, and now I'm going yeah. out with the, the big guns. Well, I know where my position is on our policies regarding war now, which is I don't believe that we should ever be the first strike or the aggressor, and we definitely shouldn't be offensive in our measurements. You know, like it should be a defensive thing only, and I do think that it should be we are physically attacked in our country. And that would be entirely up to the nation to determine, you know, if this, if we as a nation want to defend. Otherwise, I, I don't know that there really is a reason to go to war, particularly not the way we're doing it. Absolutely. Great answer. Question seven. How do you deal with situations where there is no clear and easy answer? You kill everybody. There you no. go. That aggression principle, in effect. <laughs> it's like reservoir dogs up in here. Yeah. <laughs> kill it. That's right. Kill them all and let God sort it out. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, God. That's great. Kim, oh, my no? God, you're hilarious. Um, gosh, I guess I think I need a little more information on that. You're saying in a in your interpersonal relations or are you talking about like on a larger political scale? A larger political scale. What if there's a gray area in the non-aggression principle? Because there is plenty all- of them. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I think in any... In any sort of like razor, philosophical razor or intellectual algorithm, there's always going to be, except in this case or this case. In those situations, I think that you have to have your own very strong moral compass and be dedicated to ethics and doing what's right. Um, If you have to step away from the situation and do a lot more research or seek additional counsel from people that you trust or engage in hardcore diplomatic relations... I do think most things are generally the result of really, you know, huge egregious miscommunications. Uh, so a lot can be resolved through communication. But if you can't, then you have to murder everybody. Obviously. Right on. Right on. <laughs> All right. Question eight. When in doubt, <laughs> yeah. that explanation went on for so long. It was beautiful. I'm I love it. I love it. Ooh, like overtime <laughs> rocket fire. That's fine. Question eight. As president, how would you support markets? I, I would leave them alone. There you yeah. go. I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> yep. Question nine. Why would a small business owner support your campaign for presidency? Oh, well, my dad is a small business owner. And a lot of the reason why I'm even of this mindset started observing how government treated his company, his fabrication, steel fabrication, which is how I know a lot about mining. I think that they would probably support it because of my economic policy, which is let the invisible hand decide. There you go. You know, it's up to it's up to the consumer to make that decision, not government. Bringing a little Adam Smith into the mix here. All right, question 10. <laughs> what would you think of a state-run retirement program, hear me out though, with voluntary contributions? Would you support it, even though we know the state is a leviathan? Well, you're still taking from people in order to... F- pay people to manage this voluntary contribution system. Basically what I'm saying is what about voluntary socialism, not forced? Okay. So are you saying like, we've got a small community, all 87 people in this community decide that they're going to yeah. voluntarily contribute to and then take from it voluntarily. There's no force or fraud involved in it. That's, they're just putting that, it in a shared pot. Yeah. Even though we hate socialism, what I'm, what I'm saying is, yeah, exactly. If it's voluntary yep. and there's no force or fraud involved, it's totally permissible. All right on. And the bonus question, I know I lied. I said 10 questions. But the bonus question, why do you think countries with government-controlled economies can be less beneficial and less productive than countries with economic free reign? Well, I think that they create a false marketplace. With economies that are controlled by the government, you you don't have any competition. 
first of all, because you can't compete with the government. So there's not going to be an improvement in product or service. And you are essentially doing what the Federal Reserve does here, which is they're creating a false marketplace. They're making the illusion of this being valued at more or less than and this being the price of when in reality, if you had just left it alone, it would have found its own, you know, gentle ebbs and flows that the market would normally. Anyways, so that is Rocket Fire. Give it up for Kimberly Rock. You won a no prize. You, you won, won a my no heart. Prize. You are, are, I am, I, okay, I'm serious. I'm not trying to gush here. I'm just kind of crushing on you right now. You are amazing. Oh, well, thank fun. you. Yeah, I like job. your guys' pictures, by the way. Your recent photo shoots. Awesome. I know. We were talking about how cool we looked. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me, like me and Riley were like, we look fucking hot. You guys <laughs> do. It's super exciting. Oh I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, no. We, uh, Raylene and I, I, I'll tell you what, she is, Raylene is a model. I mean, she's like, well, you know, I don't, you know, I'm like, no, you look good in these pictures, you know? Yeah, no, I, I creeped on you guys on Facebook. Let's be real. There you go. I saw your profile pictures. Like, even when you're just hanging out with your kids with your hair down, you're absolutely adorable. Aw. Anyways, this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas, and I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart. Anyways, this is Johnny Rocket. We'll be right back. Rock and roll. Why do people hate libertarians? One part of America calls them soulless robber barons who want to stick children back in factories, and the other part thinks they're drugged up anarchists. Who are they? And why have regular Americans been told to avoid libertarians and their ideas. Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, Amazon best-selling author of Stay Away from the Libertarians, where I'm going to debunk the myths, misconceptions, and outright lies thrown at libertarians, ranging from the idea that votes can be stolen to the radical notion that you own yourself. From personal stories to ignored history, I lay out the facts and ask you if these dastardly libertarians are as much of a threat as the mainstream media and establishment politicians make them seem. You can go ahead and get a copy in print and in Kindle e-reader on Amazon today. Stay away from the Libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Available on Amazon. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. Johnny Rocket, can you hear me? Raylene Lightheart, can you hear me? Well, I guess Johnny and Raylene must have switched their microphones off so that they could cuss in peace without me bleeping them. You know, sometimes I really think they might have Tourette's. Well, anyways, here we are on Blast Off Episode 8 with Kimberly Ruff. She's been great. Our first female guest here on the show. Shocking, really, that she was even willing to come on, considering Johnny's sexist, chauvinist, discriminatory tendencies. But then again, he treats his guests pretty well, actually. Raylene is the official sandwich maker, after all. Come to think of it, Kim was pretty harsh in her sandwich demands, too. More belligerent than Johnny, even. Not sure what the word is for that, though. I guess we'll just call it equality. For diversity. That's a good one. Diversity. Well, anyways, I just received signal that they're back on. We have about 15 minutes left, so let's get this thing moving. I'm getting pretty hungry myself, and I have to wait until the show is over for Raylene to make me a sandwich. Johnny and his rules. You know, sometimes he's really quite the. It was those blast off of Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, the beautiful Raylene Lightheart. Thank you. And we're talking to the one and only Kim Roth, who is running for pre- president. 
under the Libertarian banner. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much. And you know what? And our little break, you are hilarious. I, I'll tell you I what. I love her. And, you know what's, what's hilarious is, and I said this to Raylene earlier, and I said, and, and, and you know, okay, I know the women and the soccer moms are going to get mad at me again. Here we go. Oh, but I was going to say that, you know, what's, what's kind of weird is, and this is just my opinion, women are generally, in quotes, generally not as humorous as men. I find that women are like, oh, eh, eh, you know, and men are like, have to crack jokes all the time. But I was telling Raylene earlier, I said, men have to do that because that is how we court women. We have to be fucking funny. Right. Right. And women don't have to like work that hard because they, you know, like, let's just say you're an ugly dude. You really have to be fucking hilarious. I mean, okay, you have but to have Kim's funny and pretty. So you're right. She is the total package. Yeah. But like what I'm, what I'm alluding to is like, you're funny as I mean, and you're pretty yeah. as too. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's rare to meet an actual hilarious chick. I mean, besides Raylene, Raylene hilarious. She has me on the floor laughing all the time, but I'm just <laughs> saying awesome. it's, it's like rare, like to actually meet chicks who are hilarious and you got that down pat. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I can do what most female comics do and talk about my period if you want, but yeah, let's no. start there. No. That's the next rocket <laughs> yeah. fire question. That's oh, a herpes commercial where somebody's kickboxing. <laughs> hey, that gets yeah, me excited. going to keep me down. Thanks, yeah. yeah, that's right. I got to keep HPV on moving. HPV is a bummer, but I'm strong. That's Watch right. me work out. Even though I got this really bad fucking blisters on my crotch. Watch me that's do right. some kickboxing. In uh, spandex. That's right. In spandex. All right. I'm so sorry. This is. We can save this for the after party. All right, Carly, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. And it's it's this is fun because it's rare to find a lady with just as terribly uh, naughty jokes as I have. Okay, I, yes. I try to hide it a little better, which I'm really I'm kind of idolizing this whole thing. Yes. Me too. Okay, Kim. <laughs> Libertarians like to promote the individual over the collective, and we seem to be split on whether to capitalize on our candidates who may be representing minority votes, like you're a woman. So, um. Others bristle at identity politics altogether. So what is your take? And, and do you think your run will bring more women to the movement and or party? Well, I think my my intellectual argument would be that it should be a meritocracy in the sense that if a person has the qualities that you're seeking and speaks the message that best represents your point of view, then that's the person you should go with. But as somebody who studied political science and knows how elections work, normative representation is still very, very huge. You want to elect a candidate that is like the better version of you, which is why we're like, oh, they went to an Ivy League school. They're a lawyer. They're much to be better than me. Or, oh, this person's African-American and so am I. So they get it. Right. You know, which is completely, excuse me. Is Are we allowed to say that? Uh, well, no. You're, you're going to be bleeped not, though. Not, you're going to be bleeped on that one. Yep. Oh, darn it. I'm I, the edit- I, I am now the Bulls the, version we now, weren't okay with. I am now the Libertarian FCC. So apparently okay. I'm, self-cen- I'm self-censoring. So yes, that would be believed. Yes. Okay. In any event, it's complete nonsense. It doesn't mean that that person understands your situation any more than you do yourself. And that's pretty much what we're preaching as Libertarians, which is why we're accentuating the individual. You only know you. You only live your experience. You can only represent yourself. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I took a 
circular way around that question and answered it. But that unfortunately, that is the reality about the larger scale politics is that they are going to look at the fact that I'm a female or a single mother or that I work in manufacturing or that I'm from Arizona and they're going to either see themselves in it or not. Right on. Right on. So like, what, what's the deal with chicks in the, in the uh, Libertarian Party? Like, so I, I don't really see a, again, there's, there are women in the party or they just, their husbands brought them along. All right. Or something like that, you know. Oh, but my I, God. I want to hit you with a handbag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those women, you know, they, they just can't think for themselves or anything. No, but I do. Oh, I, little lady. I'm so kidding right now. No, what, what I was going to say is, though, like there is isn't as many women as there are men in the party. And I, I, I don't necessarily think it's a libertarian thing i think it's a political thing i think politics more or less yes you know men are find more interest in it and it's like a preference thing i think it's i think it's kind of an optics thing like it depends on what you're looking at because a lot there are a lot of truly phenomenal women in the libertarian party who are amazing behind the scenes workers right like they're some of the greatest people i've ever worked with have been the women and it's because they don't want to be in front of the camera. They don't want to be the candidate, usually. Usually, they're the ones who are like, I'm going to do everything and work my butt off to make you shine. And they do. That's great. But we yeah. don't see them because they're not front and center. Yes. So yeah. there's that aspect to it. But then the other thing is that typically on the, you know, in terms of indoctrination, we talked about this a little bit earlier when we we're saying, you know, public education and the indoctrination in this philosophy and mindset. A lot of that teaches women that as a person who is relationship-based and also supposed to be empathetic and nurturing and mothering, Mm -hmm. that the party of identification that's appropriate for those qualities and traits would be a progressive or liberal or Democrat. Right. So women typically go toward that because like, that's what you're supposed to do if you're a lady. But that's not true. And I think the only reason why, at least in my case, why I'm here is because I was raised by Barry Goldwater Republicans in a Barry Goldwater Republican state. Yeah, I love and Barry it Goldwater. Was just, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he all, he was preaching a very libertarian message. Like if you ever read Conscious of a Conservative, you'd be like, right on, you're Ron Paul before Ron Paul. That's right. He so, was. Um, yeah, he was awesome. So I came from that and then sort of just shifted away from the Republican Party under Bush. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of like a, a John Stott, you know, Penn and Teller was my first initial touch of libertarianism. Their show. From what, from what show again? Say it again. What show? Just kidding. Oh God. I love that show. Me too. That show is amazing. Do you know, like every other episode they were clowning on Sedona and I'm like, I feel you fam. They're crazy <laughs> up there. Swimming yeah. with dolphins in our landlocked state. What's up with that? Yep. Yep. Oh, that's crazy. No, no. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're great, but they actually kind of introduced me to the ideas of libertarianism. And then I found that Ron Paul guy that everyone loved yeah. so much. But I think everyone's journey is a little different, but mine just happened to be which got me into the libertarian uh, philosophy, more or less. And yeah. I think everyone has a different, you know, path they take. And I, I think your story and like your excitement and how you, Barry Goldwater is a pretty accomplished guy. And I love what he had to do. He had some. He took the high ground. He took the hard right over the easy wrong by standing up in the 60s against, you know, the Civil Rights Act. And not that he was against it. He just didn't think, you know, it should be legislated. Correct. Wild. I have a question about Arizona. I was just reading Nick Sarwark posted picture of the Arizona ballot and how libertarians have to be physically written in just to be counted. So um, is that, is that, first of all, would you mind explaining how the ballots work in Arizona? And 
also how you feel about ballot access laws, if you feel their censorship, et cetera. Oh, okay. Um, you'll have to forgive me because I might not get the percentages correct, but I can give sure. you a general overview. Perfect. So in the state of Arizona, the way that it works is that if you are running as either like a libertarian or a Green Party candidate, which are recognized parties, I believe, in Arizona, I know libertarianism is for sure. Um, you have to get a certain percentage of Libertarian Party voters because we have a closed primary. And then they recently changed the laws, I believe it was like four years ago, where they said where the Republican dominated legislature decided that they were going to revamp it. So it wasn't that you were just getting like one percent of all the registered libertarians to, in, to sign in order to get you on the petition or to get you on the ballot. You also had to have like Oh, 1% of all the independent voters or something like that. So they it exponentially increased the amount of signatures that we require. So that is where our greatest challenge is. It's not impossible for us to get on the ballot, but because we don't have the treasury or the war chest at our disposal for our candidates to pay for petitioners and get those signatures, we are at a market disadvantage to the Republican or Democrat dominated parties. So there's that aspect, which is why at the, you know, at this juncture in time, we're saying, well, okay, we can at least file for write-in status. And then we sent out a mailer to all of the registered libertarians that we had on the books uh, here in Arizona. And we said, please, 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 in our closed primary, take this postcard with you and write these people's names in for these positions so we can get on the general ballot and have a fighting chance. So that's, that's where we're at. Um, With respect to ballot access, it's absolutely a way of shutting down competition, censoring people, silencing right individuals. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's, it's well, the word we are not allowed to say. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, 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 yeah, it is. There it is. Another beep. I love it. Another beep. Uh, really quick, Kim, tell us about John Phillips Jr. John Phillips Jr. Uh, why did you choose? I'm sorry, who? John Phillip. I don't. I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't. Oh, either do we. So you got to tell him. You got to tell us about him. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That guy. My oh, running yeah. mate. Yeah. Why did you choose him? Is, did he have I'm like sorry. good hair? And he, did he look good or what? What's the deal? Johnny uh, wants to know. Johnny minds want to know. No, like what's yeah, the deal John with the guy? Is, is he like a sweetheart or is he just like a really principled libertarian? He's he's absolutely both. Um, we were we we're kind of talking about this in the campaign because we were talking about, you know, image and branding because the reality is, is that you do have to consider those factors. And one of the things that I said, our communications director, Emily Hurtley, is amazing. And she was like, gave us a survey to fill out. And she's like, how are people perceived John? What are John's strengths and weaknesses? And I was like, he is, he doesn't suffer fools and he's got an acid tongue. But unlike somebody who doesn't suffer fools, he doesn't just, you know, sweep with a broad brush or take to the sword. He's also incredibly generous and compassionate. So he's a great, excellent balance of those two qualities. He knows when to be tough and unforgiving and unapologetic. And he knows when to be gentle and kind and empathetic in at the appropriate times. He, he's a good dude. He is absolutely... a radical, principled libertarian, an advocate for a voluntarist society. Um, but he's also rational and recognizes that it will take pragmatic approaches in order to make those changes in government. So he's a he's kind of the yin to my yang in that respect. He reins me in a little bit because <laughs> I'm much no, more like, burn, no. burn it down. No, <laughs> no, no way, Kim. You seem pretty yeah. like, you know, you're very quiet on the show. 
and we were just wondering if you were going to speak up at all. And oh, yet- yeah, oh right? <laughs> Wallflower. <laughs> I'm actually like- laughing because you said he's a good dude. And I have to tell you that our, our Johnny and I will both, whenever we like somebody, we tell everybody what a good dude they are. So you fit right in. I don't know if you've yeah. heard any of our shows yet, but wow, amazing. <laughs> pretty- he's a good dude. Uh, he's no, good it's, peeps. <laughs> it's pretty nice. It's pretty good. Good. Pretty yeah. hot. Honky-dory. Honky-dory here at Blast Off. Anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, Kim, I I really want to say I really hope you do well on your campaign. I really love your personality. Yeah, you're you're just awesome. You're principled. You're knowledgeable. It was a really, it was a great pleasure having you here on the show. And do you have any dot-coms you want to share so you can get some free publicity? Oh, sure. Uh, Our website is rough. Are you F as in Frank? F as in Frank, like dog barking. Phillips, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S, 2020.org. You couldn't afford Um, the dot com. Is that the deal? No, we have the dot com. We have the dot com, dot US, and dot net. And then we have our own names. Just like John Phillips 2020 and Kim Ruff 2020. And we just fold them all into the dot org. Oh, so, okay. Um, I just thought yeah, we, maybe you were being fiscally conservative <laughs> and socially liberal. No, okay. I don't think it's fiscally conservative when you buy like 87 domain names. Oh, did you on really a shopping do that? Spree. Did you really do <laughs> no, that? Oh, God. I think it was like 12. But she picks still. up her domain names like she gets those shoes. Like, that's what? all I have to say. Yeah. That's, What's up? This, this is way better. Now you, now, yeah. now, now you girls are speaking like girl talk. I don't know. Talking about. I need some domain money, yo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is like a, like an episode of Sex in the City, but it's like uh, it's like a candidacy in the in, in the Liberty. Yeah, and I'm right. stuck in the middle here. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Right. We got red souls <laughs> like Louboutin. Okay, we can talk about this later. We can talk about it. Anyways, let's blast off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth and the beautiful Raylene Lightheart. Thanks, guys. And we're talking to. Kimberly Roth, give it up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas from the Launchpad Media Company. You can check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com. And if you like the show and you want to hear the explicit version and the after party with Kimberly Roth, please subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash blastoff podcast. Anyway, so it's Johnny Rocket, always launching ideas, rock and roll. We'll see you next week.